0: Gentlemen, this is David Pinzer getting ready
1: for the mayhem of World Championship Wrestling. And um, welcome to Nitro Listen. It's Danny and I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how's your head? Um it's it's been better. It's it's been better. I'm glad
2: we're recording in the early evening now, rather than the morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been misbehaving, were you misbehaving on your own or with friends?
2: Uh with friends. It was one of my uh, good friends' weddings yesterday, so it was a pleasant day.
1: Did he do any uh, pro-wrestling entrances when coming down the aisle?
2: Uh, no, but I think I might have made a couple of bumps on the way out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Watch me do a floor patrol. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good, mate. You had a good day? Yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant day. Good stuff. I, too, was rather drunk yesterday. First day of the football season. Um, and spent far too much time on the lager, but it was a good day. Uh, great to see me football back. Did, Ever- Did Everton win yesterday? Or... No, of course we didn't win at 7. <laughs> um, we we, uh, we got beat 1-0 against Chelsea, but we oh. didn't have a striking on the pitch. Um, yeah, one of them days, but it was still enjoyable. Great seeing friends and people around us for the season tickets. Um, right, first uh, place we've got to start is, this is really the cursed episode, isn't it? Because due to power cuts and emergency childcare, it's taken me, it's my responsibility, a couple of weeks to get round to this. So I apologise to anyone who's uh, who's been waiting. If I, don't, I
2: don't think you need to apologise for this episode.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think we will later. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. When we go through this, this actual pay-per-view. Um, but some of the things that have been happening in the meantime between this episode and the last... One of them was the absolutely seismic news about Vince McMahon's retirement. Um, didn't know how to take it originally. It seems like Triple H has stepped in and I haven't watched any WWE, but from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of good things going on. What's your overall thoughts on it?
2: I think I, th- I think it was time for Vince to go from a creative standpoint. Um and I think there is gotta be a lot of positive change going forward. Um, I, I watched um, SummerSlam because um, I, I don't keep up with to week with WWE. It's just too hard to to watch your circus like pay per view. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no SummerSlam was good, and it hopefully with Clash at the Castle coming up as well in Wales that we're going to hopefully. Uh, Triple H just properly got in, like sunk his teeth into it. Then, so we should have a good showing with him in charge now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. As I saw that they brought Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux back. Uh, yeah. I think that's. I I thought that was a positive move, but um, I heard a lot of heard a lot of opinion online that I, I don't fancy him, that, uh, that don't rate him, um, which to me is just shocking because. I uh, I loved his character, I loved his gimmick, and I loved his style when he was on NXT. Yeah, that that that, that how
2: he was in NXT is how he should have been built up the first time. Yeah, not his bondage wearing gear, whatever the hell that was. <laughs>
1: That's got Vince written all over it. Vince and yeah. Bruce Fletcher, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a, see the thing is, he's it, it, how how do I explain this? Vince has done more than anyone else has done to make wrestling what it is today. Yeah. He is the pioneer, he's the you know, the one that really brought it to a national audience from a regional audience. And as much as he's a pretty despicable person, you can't you can't take that away. He's seventy seven years old. He's been going at it and working like a Trojan for years. Um somebody I think it was Eric Bischoff in one of his um one of the documentaries said that if if WCW won the war, you still might not have pro wrestling on TV today. Because if they won the war, they then didn't want wrestling on the channel. Who'd have taken it on? Now we've got everything on the network, and you know, you've got to give them credit for that. I always yeah. say, uh, my favourite poets and my favourite writer, uh, Charles Bukowski and Philip Larkin. Um, they were dreadful, dreadful men in their. Um, you know, in their personal lives, they 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 were not good people at all, but they were fantastic writers who could, you know, get emotion out of you. And I do think he do, he does deserve some praise, but I do think a lot of people will lose that now because they've just been used to him being there for so long, and really not letting anyone move the move the uh, the situation on other than him. But we, it's certainly an exciting time. Um, speaking of people not letting go. Um Rick Flair Yeah um, Did you watch his final match I couldn't bring myself To watch it um, If he'd have retired At Wrestlemania 24 It would have been the perfect ending yeah. um, And then obviously TNA And then you know Everything else that, that's happened And I saw a couple of the pictures of him In his, in his purple Wife beater um, Vest and I just I couldn't bring. He is my my favorite professional wrestler ever. He's what got me into it. He's what really uh, you know. And and I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Um, how was it? How did you find it?
2: Um, there's definitely two halves to the match. The first half, it's nostalgia. So Flair's doing his standard stuff. He's he's doing his struts. He's doing what he can and then the second half of the match he blades and then you you can see that just completely takes it out of him. He doesn't stand up for the rest of the match. So he's laying on the apron and um, Andrade's got to like lean over the ropes to tag him because he's just laid on the apron. Um. So yeah, that was quite, that was quite sad to see that he, I think he, he went too long for what he for what he needed to, um, yeah, it it was it wasn't great. It was good to see, and hopefully he now just does completely stay out the ring.
1: Well, I don't think that's the case because literally before we come on here, um, I saw that he was last night brawling with Carlos Colon and Puerto Rico, uh, at a show. So I I honestly, yeah. I I don't know, um. It, <laughs> You know he's he's an old man, and I know he's had money and he's spent money and he's, you know, but how how old is he now? Seventy nine. Uh, seventy
2: seven
1: maybe. F- I'm yeah,
2: not, I think he's seventy seven. Yeah.
1: Uh, and y you, you know, I, I know people get into financial space, but who's letting him do that?
2: Conrad oh, Thompson.
1: Well, it, that's the worst of it, isn't it? Is because he's yeah. his son-in-law. Yeah, you
2: know, honestly, his, his family I, and his yeah. wife. Honestly, I think Conrad saw that opportunity and gone. I'm gonna make a mint off of this.
1: 73 years. My my apologies, but oh. yeah. So last night he was he was brawling and he he got got coloured and in, um, in Puerto Rico in a fight he, with Carlos Cola. He he needs to stop bleeding. Yeah, it, it's it's sad, but you know, did you did you enjoy it? Did it give you any sense of nostalgia or?
2: Um, I was enjoying it until, like I say, until about the halfway mark, and you could see the change in him. Like, like, I say, physically not even being able to stand up. Um, at at the end of the match, I tried to give him a bottle of water, and he sat there, and he just looks, he looks dead in the eyes. Like, it's so like yeah. This morning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seems fair. Seems fair. Um, have you been keeping up to date with anything other any anyone else from the rest of the world? Have you been keeping up to date with AEW or? Um,
2: uh, um? Uh, I've not caught much of AEW. Um, I do have fight, but I've had to send my smart TV to go and get fixed, so I can't really have no TV in the living room.
1: Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, Taking a very bohemian look on life, that's fair enough. Yeah.
2: Um
1: okay, so what we're going to now, God bless us, is uh, Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety five. Um I'm awful glad you decided to start in this era, Sean, when we were <laughs> discussing this. <sighs> right, 29th of October it was. Um as we've said before, Bill Clinton was in charge over the pond John Major was in charge over here. Uh, the number one in the US was Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Can't even remember that. And in the UK, uh, even more despicable band, Simply Red with Fairground. <sighs> I
2: haven't got a clue on either of them uh, songs.
1: No, that's fair enough. It's probably not 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 worth remembering. Um but I can certainly remember bloody Simply Red. Um Halloween Havoc, it was emanating from Two two locations in Detroit Um The, ma- the matches were going on at the Joe, Lewis, Joe Louis Arena Um and over the road The monster truck Sumo match yeah. which, we, which we will get into Um Happened on the roof of Cobo Hall One of the old arenas Um Yeah so we started And we looked um Sean again Kindly has um given us the um given us the pre the uh, pre show uh, yeah. which is great cuz I've never ever seen them um and before we get into this, Sean, i, I think do, do you know what what the uh, attendance was there
2: yeah so i've got so i've got all the stats and stuff and there's a couple of interesting things that's actually happened behind the scenes of WCW between full brawl and halloween havoc there was Two major firings. Can to take a guess who fi- who got fired.
1: Um, was it backstage or talent? Talent. Kamala.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about that d- during the during the show. That's um, not him.
1: Okay. Vader was maybe.
2: Yeah, Vader finally got fired. Right. Um.
1: I... Oh. No. It's the Jordan a blank here, Sean?
2: It's just some fella who is called Steve Austin. Oh Okay.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah the, I don't... the FedEx story.
2: Yeah, I don't think he came to my show after this. So, yeah.
1: Ne- ne- never heard of him, Hollywood Steve or whatever his name was. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's, that's an interesting. Interesting yeah. fact that also explains, obviously, why they're moving Pillman. Towards a different role within the uh, the horseman, I suppose. Yes. Um, but I'm surely fairly sure that had split up before then, hadn't they Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was, um,
2: there was another interesting thing as well. You know, towards well, at the end of WCW, everyone was talking about the AOL Time Warner merger. Yes. That actually happened this month in '95. Right. It all started there, and apparently. WCW is one twentieth of one percent within the merger. So that shows you how small they are in comparison. Say, yeah. um, because
1: they, they had a lot of the stock at that point. I think they had they had the Atlanta Braves, didn't they? They had um one of the uh the Atlanta Falcons, the news networks, the films, there was a yeah. going of stuff on within the, the company. And that's you know, that's just on Turner's side.
2: Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's it's quite interesting to to find out that that's when it initially happened. This far back, and it took what five years for it for it finally to collapse. WCW.
1: Uh, I think as well. I think a lot of people in in the higher up, and especially Eric Bischoff, made a hell of a lot of money on the shares when that merger went through. Um, I think it made him a a, a multi-millionaire in his own right, Um, just on the 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 share prices that how they went up. there you go. Not bad, is it? Yeah. So we, we. I think I heard there was an attendance of around thirteen thousand. Is that is that something that strikes with you? Uh,
2: yes. So attendance, I've got thirteen thousand. Seven thousand were paid. Six thousand were comps. Right. So that's, that's nearly that's nearly half the crowd. Is papered. Uh, we've got pay per view buys of. 145, uh, 145,000 buys. Yeah. Uh, with a 0. 0.6 buy rate. Right. And the life gate was 138,040 dollars
1: on the life gate. That's not good, is it? Yeah.
2: That averages at about, I think I worked out it's about twenty dollars a ticket. Mm. Yeah,
1: well, it was ninety five. So, but still, it, it it seems like very low, uh, considering what what the NWA and WCW used to do previous to that, especially in big markets like Detroit. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we, we get into it. And we we start with this uh this pre-show. Um, I've really enjoyed watching these, even if they haven't. You know, if they might not always be the best of uh. Best of grades, just but just because I hadn't seen them, um, I I really enjoyed watching them, and it's um Easy and Big Dust on commentary, and it's uh.
3: broadcast partner what a night it is going to be dusty this is the one people have been talking about it the monster sumo match machine versus machine and then it's man versus man for the wcw world heavyweight title well eric i have never seen a more excited excited crowd or excited country if you will around any big sporting event not only the world Heavyweight Wrestling Championship on the land, but Monster Truck locked up head-to-head on top of Cobo Hall, right next door. Anything can happen on this big main event, pre-game to Halloween Havoc, and Eric Bischoff, you're looking cleaner than a safe chicken, baby. You have never seen anything like this, I assure you, but right now we are ready to kick things off. Very fast, very exciting, lightning action. Let's get down to the ring.
1: And the first match is Disco Inferno versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah.
2: Uh so yeah, this match we're in three minutes and twenty one seconds. And even though Disco's only really just come in, he's grabbed the character perfectly. You know, he knows knows how to play it, he knows what to do with it. I think I, th- I think he's gonna be someone to to look out for. I'm not saying he's going to have brilliant matches. I just think he's got to be a brilliant character within within the shows.
1: Yeah, a proper entertainer. Um, you know, from the from the very outset, uh, what did he have in his pants? The booty machine or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he just he looked great. he, he, he he's good with his facials. Um, you know, a proper comedic performer. Um, yeah, I think we we lose sight of that sometimes because you need a little bit of everyone. Um, yeah. One thing I did love about this match, even though it was only short, it's something that I haven't seen for ages. They did a proper slingshot on the top middle of the rope where they've uh, choked choked uh, Eddie on the top rope. It used they used to call it a clothesline or a slingshot clothesline. Where they, they fall on the top rope, and it was really, really interesting to see. I haven't seen that for a long time, especially done in such a way. Mm. Um, so I enjoy. I, I really enjoyed that move. I, I, it's something that looks to me, it looks brutal, um, yeah. especially the way Eddie's Ed, Ed able to sell as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I said, it it was only a short match, but the the crowd were behind Eddie, so there was some Eddie chance going on. Um. Yeah, one of my notes is Eddie's hey, uh, an assisted springboard head scissors. Which,
1: yeah, which was—is this the finish when they they did that? Uh,
2: yeah, I think it is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, they called it a victory roll, but I thought it was more of a than You called it this. It, yeah. It it, it it was really good because what he did, he went, you know, when the Undertaker goes old school and goes across the top ropes, then he sort of flipped round and turned it into a hurricanrana from a head scissors, didn't he? It was yeah. very. Very interesting, um, but it wasn't. He didn't land on top of them and then transition straight into the pin. He hit the move and then he then he pinned him. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I, his size here and his physique, I think, completely suited him. Um, he was able to do great things when he when he got. He had more muscle mass. He obviously had to slow down a little bit, but yeah. this this Eddie was great, and as you say, the crowd were right behind him. Yeah. Um, after that we go into a promo with Hogan the Giant and the Dungeon of Doom and it it basically builds up the match um shows what we'd seen um, at War Games with the monster truck running over Hogan's Harley um, and attacking Hoga, Hogan in War Games but there was some other stuff that happened between that... Um, that the, the happened through on the nitros I think Kevin Sullivan was dressed as a woman In the yep. crowd And then threw salt in his face And the giants attacked him And then the Yeti or the, yet, the, yet, oh, the Yeti Was introduced And you saw Hogan in black Because he was very serious Because he was going to war yes. Minus the Fu Manchu The giant WCW world
4: champion knows it all too well. First, it was the shocking appearance in Huntington Beach, California, as he tossed his father's shirt toward the champ.
5: Remember this!
4: Then, only a week later, it was discovered that he was a part of a Dungeon of Doom. Ah! In one true. Hulk Hogan declared war. A war that would lead Hogan back to the dungeon for yet another brutal, blatant attack. The Hulkster gathered his team of Hulkamaniacs for fall brawl and war games. But it was there prior to the event that the giant struck. It would be the first of many blows to the power of Hulkamania. It happened as Hogan was arriving to the arena on his cherished Harley Davidson motorcycle. Then, later the same night, as Hogan had the Taskmaster in the cage, the Giants attacked again. As a result, an injured Hulk Hogan made a challenge. I'm going to build
6: a bigger, a better, a stronger, more powerful monster truck. I'm going to get him to hook his up to mine. And I'm going to drag him around and around and around the Joe Louis Arena, brother. Because I'm setting him up in Detroit, man. And after I outpower his truck, after I embarrass him, then I'm going to put that WCW title on the line, brother.
4: And I'm going to put him in his
5: place, dude.
4: But the Giant, under the guidance of Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, was unstoppable as he unleashed a premeditated attack on WCW Monday Nitro Live on September 25th. Hogan witnessed the attack from his home and quickly made it clear he would confront the Giant on the next live Nitro event. That Nitro event proved even more dangerous for the Hulkster. After his interview, the most vicious and horrible attack of all occurred. Oh, what is this? There's a woman
3: with a cane! I know he's going to do it again! No! No! They're shaving off the mustache!
4: An injured, shaved Hulk Hogan would not stay down. He went to Chicago the next week to confront the Giant again. The fans were stunned as they saw the world champ as never before, dressed in black. But this time, the giant was barred from the arena and Hogan gave chase. Police kept both men apart. Then, last week, the master told of a plan of insurance for Halloween Havoc. He returned during WCW Monday Nitro to present his insurance, The Yeti. Later in that same program, the giant was on the attack again when the power of Hulkamania made one final powerful statement heading toward their collision. But the Dungeon of Doom had one more surprising move. As the countdown continues to Halloween Havoc, Hulk Hogan prepares his monster truck, knowing that for the first time in his career, he must face the same man twice in one night. First, machine against machine As the two control their sumo monster truck In an explosive battle And then, man against man As a determined Hulk Hogan defends The WCW world title Against the most feared and awesome competitor World Championship wrestling has ever witnessed And must contend with what lies ahead
1: I don't want to say he looked like a sex offender However (laughs) I... I, I just not used to him without a beard or a Fu Manchu, and he looked weird. He might not have been sex offendery, but it was certainly, certainly a little bit seedy. They, he must have trusted
2: Sullivan a hell of a lot to co- get him to convince Hogan to let him shave it off.
1: The only thing I can think of, you might be right, but I'm sure there was a TV episode he did where he had to be clean shaven. Can't remember what it was. But I'm sure and I don't know whether they've synced it in with that. But uh, he looks odd. Yeah,
2: definitely.
1: Definitely it's yeah,
2: it's it's not it's not a uh it's not a style that suits him. Or oh, no. we,
1: we I think we're just so conditioned to seeing him with it, he looks strange without it. That's pro yeah, that's probably right. If you if you've seen John Cena with long green hair, you'd probably be the same. Yeah. A bit put back. Um we go up and poor God love him. God love him. Poor mean Gene. They send him up on the on the roof. Um he looks freezing. He's got his big his big coat on and his gloves. He can hardly yeah. keep hold of the microphone. Um and he does an interview on, on the top of Kobo Hall um with the Giants. Um now the giant was trying to portray maniacal, yeah, and he was staring intently down the camera with wide eyes, with wide eyes. Now, for me, it didn't come across intimidating. It come across as though he was having a shit for the first time after being constipated for about two weeks. You know, where it's very hard and you're really yeah. wrestling with it, and you you know you nearly take the radiator off the engine you hanging on to it was a, it was a very very poor but we, this was his first match that we're coming to wasn't it yeah he'd been in the ring before he's very young and he looks he looks very young as well doesn't he
0: um, yeah and to think this rivalry all started back in a warm southern california this past summer a little different than here in detroit tonight by the way i'm within a 100 foot diameter circle Inside the two monster trucks, one piloted by the Giant, the other by the Hulkster himself. They're going to be locking up. Now, the way you win is to push your opponent all four tires outside of the barrier. Here's where the danger lies. Behind us uh, is the Detroit River. That is five stories below nothing but cement or that river. And something could happen tonight here, Giant.
5: Let me tell you what's going to happen tonight. If Hulk Hogan shows up, which it doesn't look like he's going to, if he shows up, I'm going to get in the new truck, and just like I pushed him off the edge all year, I'm going to push him right clean off the top of Cobo Hall, and it's going to be all over with the holster. He'll be swimming with a fish!
0: <laughs> We're going to find out if the holster is en route here to Joe Louis Arena and Cobo Hall, and stay tuned, we've got four of the main event after this.
2: They're also playing off that he's Andre the Giant's son as well. That's it. Which... I think is maybe a little bit of poor taste, but yeah, this, this is wrestling, so
1: I mean, there's a there's a lot worse going on, especially in the eighties and nineties, isn't that the well, uh, yeah <sighs> fucking hell? Um, but yeah, no, I do I do understand what you mean, but you I didn't think that was such a bad um such a bad storyline. I think you know if they'd been a bit more straight with it in terms of not putting him in the dungeon of doom. And actually letting him be Andre, son, I think it might have been a, a lot more well-received. Yeah, but, it's, it's very
2: quickly dropped, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and what you notice he here as well is Giant saying um, he's going to push Hogan off the building. Um, and I think even Mean Jeans walks over out of the out of the the, out the yeah. He actually says, oh, you know, this could be a dreadful drop and all this.
2: Yeah, so they uh, they they're playing are playing it up for later on, aren't they?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We have a great Macho Man Slim Jim adverse, and then we go into possibly the the, the match of the night. Um, and you see, you think I'm saying that in a comedic way, but it could have been it could have been um, yes, yeah. this, this show. Um, Paul Orndorff versus the Renegade. Um, what we, again? It was a very short match. What was your thoughts on it?
2: Uh yeah, it went one minute and twenty two seconds. Um, I I, di- I didn't understand the the glitching with the music for Paul Orndorff. I don't know where they're going with that.
1: You see, um, it's WCW. We could well have just been a glitch and the scene. He was jumping.
2: That's what I thought at <laughs> first until they mentioned it on commentary. I was like, oh okay. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Mr. Wonderful jump starts the match after we get Pound and Warrior making his entrance. <laughs> uh, we get two pile drivers and then yeah, Mr.
1: Wonderful what, wins. What I will say is Mr. Wonderful's spinning pile drivers are a sight to behold. He, he literally he, he does spin in midair um, and fall, and he also does a jumping pile driver as well, which is. Even then, not something you saw a lot, um, and, and I think I think a pile driver was it, it was the finisher around yeah. that. You know, even before then, and it was great to see. I know Rhino used to do a great pile driver when he was in ECW. He'd do it off the second rope, and it just yeah. looked completely brutal. Um, but obviously, I, I think he hurt himself doing that in the end, Rhino. But the, the two spinning pile drivers looked great for me, so I've got to give give him that. Um, and then we see uh, Sonny Ono his first, yes. his first appearance in uh, WCW, uh, yeah. and Bobby Heenan, and they're eating sushi together. Were yeah. uh, surrounded by glamorous-looking showgirls, uh, Vegas showgirls or something.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I I tried to watch the Nitros and Saturday nights leading up to it, but they were just they were just a slog, so I couldn't get through. Um, so I'm not sure if. I know this is something that does carry on, but I'm not sure if it if this was the first time we've seen it or not. Um, but I know where it progresses and it kind of slips into the Starcade pay per view. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we we'll just we'll see where that goes on for the episodes.
1: Well, this match. Um. Why again? We we spoke about it last time. We 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 looked at um. Uh Brawl Um why this match was on and on the card is, is beyond me. Don't get me wrong, there's no storyline going in. There's no there doesn't seem to be anyway. Um there's no, you know, emotional or psychological storytelling. It's just a great match. Yeah. Um it's the Blue Bloods, which at the time was William Regal and Bobby Eaton. Um and it was only I think just over a year ago when Bobby Eaton passed away, actually. Um so and that, that they were facing off against Benoit and Malenko, um, two absolute machines at this point. Regal, uh, obviously fantastic. Um, you know a Matt Technician and Bobby Eaton is somebody who's a real all rounder. Um, I'll let you go, you you know I'll, I'll let you go into this match and and p- pick out what you what you enjoyed, what you maybe didn't enjoy so much.
2: Yeah, so I've got quite a bit of play by play for this, um, just because it was. Uh, it went quite long as well on the pre show. So we went eight minutes and 41 seconds. Um, Benoit Regal they start, um, and we get yeah, we get uh, a triangle jump close eye, the one that Chris Jericho kind of started doing a lot. Um, Benoit did that, it's a Regal. Um, there was a botched. Double team power bomb move that they tried to do a couple of times. Um, I can't remember who was lifting. It was Benoit.
1: For the- Benoit was lifting Regal. Um, yeah. But they they actually covered it up quite well. Where Malenko was on the top rope waiting to jump. I think they were trying to do sort of a powerbomb power bomb come stomp from or uh, maybe yeah. a stay device or something similar. Um, but he ended up pushing his legs up, didn't he? Uh, Malenko, so, yeah. As to slam, uh, but yeah, it. it Obviously, Regal was that he's probably at his heaviest at this point. I think.
2: Yeah, uh, he's he's a quite he's quite thick, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we had that. Um, we get a nice top rope knee drop from Bobby Eaton as well. Um. We get the reversed tombstone power driver, which. I always think it looks fantastic when it's done right.
1: Yeah, again, he the just about got around, didn't he? Um, yeah. W- what made it? What made that move extra special for me is um, Regal letting go of his arms um, when he was upside down. Um, whereas normally the the you know the hugging onto the back, it looked even even better when Regal was actually panicking and trying to get out. And yeah. you know, Benoit hit the. Uh, Hit the tombstone.
2: Yeah. We then get um, the diving headbutt from Crispin Moir.
1: It's a thing of beauty, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it is a nice-looking move. It's a dangerous move, and obviously you don't see it... Don't Don't think you see it at all now, really, do you? You know Brian does a, something similar sometimes. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, that was good. And then we get um, full of finish. We got a drop kick into a suplex from Benoit and Malenko onto I think it was Regal who who took the pinfall.
1: It was yeah, and uh, I think uh, I, uh, sorry to interrupt you. The there was beforehand after the sw- the um, tombstone and the swan dive. Regal did an absolutely fantastic butterfly suplex from the top rope on Benoit. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was, you know, it was lovely. But yeah, and when when Benoit hit the Dragon uh, Suplex for the win, it, it, he bridged up, and it must be so hard for somebody to hold hold hands clasped clasped together behind your opponent's neck, and then to bridge on your neck as well. Yeah. Um, it, it was just as I said, there was there was no real psychology in it. There was no storyline. It was just a bloody good match, um, for, especially for a pre-show. Um, yeah. Then things started to take a turn for the worse <laughs> um, Back on the roof with me and Gene Freezing his tits off, God bless him
7: yeah. uh,
1: He explains the rules For a Sumo Monster Truck Match
0: Welcome back to more of the main event here on TBS We are counting down to Halloween Havoc Live here in Detroit tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time Folks, call your cable company right now regarding availability big main event a two-parter man versus man that's going to be wcw heavyweight champion hulk hogan defending that coveted title against the challenger the giant but prior to that in monster truck competition sumo style the dungeon of doom truck piloted by the big seven foot four 400 pound giant will lock up bumper to bumper grill to grill with the hulkster piloted by wcw heavyweight champion hulk hogan this 100-foot diameter circle, the only way you win is to bang your opponent outside. All four wheels have got to go out. Text come along with me, if you will. I should point out, you can also win by flipping your opponent's truck, and that could happen. This is tremendously exciting. There is some danger, however. I should point out, we're located on Pobo Hall, adjacent to Joe Arena, and here is a brick wall. However... With 3,000 pounds of horsepower between these two trucks, ladies and gentlemen, anything could happen. Now, below here, some five stories, lies the Detroit River, along with the bed of cement. Oh, my word. That's scary. Just to look up. Tex, did you get a shot of that? That's incredible. Don't, don't, please. I'm i afraid of heights the way it is. I should point out, this is going to be coming up later on. We haven't heard from Hulk Hogan the Giant seems to be very, very confident that he's going to win the title and also win the monster truck competition here tonight. Time will tell that story. Again, you still got time to get on the horn, call your cable company, and join us on pay-per-view. Right now, we're going to take you back inside Joe Lewis Arena and back to the yeah, ring.
1: This this is peak WCW in the 90s. Absolute peak. Um, well, well, were you excited for the... Um, when you uh, first
2: saw this? Uh, there was interest around it. Hmm. I wouldn't say I was excited for it. It's it's something different. So you don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna turn out. Um But yeah, so the, they're also playing up here that Hogan apparently still isn't still isn't there yet, still isn't at the arena. Um
1: with his extra strength monster truck monster truck.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would have l lo- I'd love to know how they how they got him up there. So I can't see there being a ramp unless it Oh, yeah, I can't see see there being a ramp to get it up five stories. So then Oh yeah.
1: Uh, logistically, it must have been a nightmare, unless there's something we don't know with uh, the, yeah. you know, that, that, that leads up there. But um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a legitimate roof. It was about six stories up, um, and yeah, it, they got them up there. So obviously, everything was all up there and ready. They just yeah. weren't showing Hogan's uh, truck. Um, but then we go back to the uh, the ring and. Just to take this one, because it wasn't... How, how long was this? Long uh, long? Three minutes and 37 seconds. Jesus Christ, it's three minutes and 37 seconds too long. Um, Sergeant Pittman had old favourites from uh, from last time. This is VK Wall Street's Mike Rotundo. Do you know how many matches our
2: favourite rivalry had? Uh, of Pittman and Cobra.
1: Didn't you In, say about three or four matches?
2: Yeah, so from the pay-per-view... They had so they had the pay-per-view match, then they had one on Saturday night, the following night or the following week. Um, one on main event, and then I think they had one more. Mm. So they had four matches in a week. And
1: do you think think they were trying to punish the WCW audience for something? Had had they been badly behaved?
2: Yeah, I think so. Especially
1: as none of them. Well, the final one went about seven minutes, and yeah. Well, this this was an awful match. It was it was mercifully brought to an end when uh, Big Bubba uh, Rogers comes down with fist taped and uh, hits um, hits Pitman. Yeah. Uh, but then Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out the cloud with his ta- his fist also taped, and hits. Um, VK Wall Street A, a guy in Microtunder who's such Deserves so much better than this um, And he hits him with a tape first. And Pittman covers him for the pin Not really knowing what's going on Hacksaw's yeah. out the ring um, it, Terrible, absolutely terrible Yeah. Um, we go back to me and Gene on the roof um, At this point we see The Giant just driving Back and forth in the monster truck Yeah. Just And then Getting a feel for things all of a sudden, uh, Hogan turns up with his monster truck, yeah. with a police escort. Yes, of course, of course.
2: <sighs> <laughs> and yeah, that that was it, wasn't it? That was
1: hey, it somebody, was a very
2: abrupt end to the pre-show.
1: But basically, what then started happening was in this sumo ring that's been made been made up. It's got barriers around it. Um, Hogan started driving a Big Show, who was reversing, and then Big Show would stop and rev, and then he'd drive a Hogan who would start reversing, and it looked like the shittest bumper cars at the fair, you know where, <laughs> you know where they just they, they won't they, they won't hit each other. It, it, yeah. it just looked really really appalling. yeah
2: Yeah, I'll, it's it's like the ones where you get you get to the you get there, and then because there's a couple of like. Dads with, like, their little kids who are, like, four or five, they've gone, right, no-one's allowed to bump. No-one's allowed to hit each other. See so like, Yeah. Oh, I've wasted three quid to just drive around in a circle.
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't look good. And that's sort of where it went on. Uh, with the big cliffhanger, maybe even literally, um, of Hogan and uh, Giants on the roof. Yeah. And that takes us into the uh, to the main show. Um and again we find our friends Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan The news is full Motown's
4: well, gone mad Halloween Havoc is here Two demons have emerged The giant He has a jones for destruction He's motorcycle smashing Back cracking Bone crunching Neck choking rampage Has opened the ghastly gate For the man who would not Could not stay down WCW world champion Hulk Hogan has crossed over to the dark side to take on the evil powers in their own eerie world. Shudder to think about their monster trucks locked up in a sumo-style showdown. If survival is possible, they will then be hauntingly close when they see each other eye-to-eye eye inside the fortress called The Ring. It will happen before your very eyes here at Halloween Havoc 95.
8: Halloween Havoc is on the air, it's 1995, and I tell you fans, the most excitement you can find in this sport is centered right now in Detroit, and the Joe Louis Arena, as well as on top of Cobo Hall. Tony Schiavone along with Bobby the Brain Heated. And as we saw moments ago, the anticipation which has grown throughout the main event program leading into it, finally, Hulk Hogan has arrived in the monster truck and they will do battle not once but twice tonight for the first time ever in the Battle of the Sumo Monster Trucks.
9: Plus, they will be in the ring for the WCW World Heavyweight title. Well, when those trucks were revving up on the roof earlier, the whole building was shaking, and they're right next door, not even in this building. So now that's going to be shaking tonight. Hulk Hogan's going to be shaking in his boots.
8: As you can see outside, the uh, trucks are still playing a little uh, cat and mouse right now going back and forth. As you can see, there is World Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan. He and the Giant will be locking up the course. They're going to have to get them out of their trucks and get them inside the arena here, I'm sure, because that match is coming up a little bit later on. Fans, we do have some information to give you at this time. We do understand that right before we went on the air, that Flying Brian and Arn Anderson have attacked the Nature Boy Ric Flair. We are—don't laugh—we are uncertain about the condition of Ric Flair and the severity of his injuries, but he has been attacked, and that certainly puts that tag team match in jeopardy.
9: What did Ric Flair think? He was playing with some friends from friends. Uh-uh, he's playing with Arn Anderson and Flying and Brian, and these men mean business. I told you, Flair don't have a friend in the world. He thinks he has a friend with Sting, but he doesn't have a friend in the world. And Arne Anderson and Flying Brian have sent Flair a message right now. How bad off is he?
8: I'm not sure. Hopefully we'll get an update maybe from Mean Gene or Mike Ternay a little bit later on. Speaking of playing with friends, I'd like to ask you what you've been doing, eating sushi here already tonight, but we'll talk more about that.
1: Um, Watching back through these shows reminds me that Shivani and, and Heenan did actually have a really good chemistry I yeah. think some, something that I certainly didn't notice as much Back in the day But because I'd seen Heenan and Monsoon for so many years And because they were so good together I don't think I appreciated as as much as, as as I do now But yeah, I've, uh, I really enjoyed that
2: Yeah, oh, oh, I was on Bobby Watch again this time And I, I, he didn't have many one liners i heard but later on in the show he definitely picked up his intensity which was which was really good um and we we'll get to that later on
1: yes we will we will i'm sure um so so um this um this first match um bloody hell it, it would i think for me it would have been um it would have been a great cure for insomniacs um, What they did say At the start of the show though and What I uh, missed slightly um, Oh we've seen the two monster trucks Basically dancing with each other again um, yeah. And then It was announced by uh, Heenan that P- Pillman and Anderson uh, Had attacked Ric Flair backstage They yeah. had a match coming up Flair and Sting versus Pillman and Anderson After what had happened at the previous show Um of the previous one that we reviewed, should I say? Um, so this was Johnny B. Bad with D. Sorry, Johnny B. Bad versus DDP for the TV title. DDP was the champion, and he had Kimberly and a new friend in Max Muscle. Yeah,
2: um,
1: Max Muscle. Do you reckon he's going to make money?
2: He could have been a third Steiner. I. I um, hey. Looks wise. Looks wise. Oh,
1: maybe looks wise. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. They 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 could have put him in as like the long, long lost cousin who can just stand on the open and be shipped.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he, he certainly did that here. Um, yeah. So it shows a little package um, where and I think it was the previous WCW Saturday Night where uh, Johnny B. Bad was supposed to face Sting for the US title. Yeah. Um, he didn't come out. And then they, they put the match on again. Again, music played, he didn't come out. And Pillman stood in uh, for him and took the match. Um, and all of a sudden, Johnny Rebag comes in. And he's got grease all over his face. Um, and Max Muscle, DDP, and Kimberly come in and say, Oh, he, he, he said that his tyres uh, have been done and he couldn't get here. And that's why he missed his opportunity. And Max Muscle lets out. Um, they slashed his tyres by accident Well, he let it out by accident um, yeah.
8: Our first is For the television title As Johnny B. Badd goes up against Diamond Dallas If you'll recall, it wasn't too long ago That Diamond Dallas calls Johnny B. Bad To lose a shot at the US Heavyweight title Take a look
5: At Fall Brawl
4: Johnny B. Badd won the right to face Sting for the US title With a win 20, over Flying Brian 20,
8: 236 pounds
4: Johnny But when his big moment arrived on WCW Saturday night, that was a no-show.
3: Hey, what a way you talk about, I said they were going to be toxic, w, if you will, on
8: WCW Saturday night. What a way to start this thing. We're going to be bad at I have no idea, but the sting is ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, just been informed that due to the importance of this match, Johnny B. Bad has not arrived yet, but we are going to give him a little bit more time.
4: Later in the program, Bad was given another opportunity to come to the ring, but failed again. Fly and Brian therefore got the match against Dean for the U.S. title. Something
8: has gone wrong. Johnny B. Bad, have you joined us uh, late? He was supposed to come out at the beginning of the program to wrestle Sting. He beat Flying Brian at Fall Brawl to earned the title shot, but he is a no-show. Therefore, by default, Flying Brian, Brian gets a shot
4: against
0: the Stinger.
4: Then, at the, the end, end of the program, Here the man that
0: tonight missed his opportunity to meet Sting for the United States title. This Lights is the up. worst
10: of my entire life. What? Gene, I had car trouble. I had a flat tire. On the biggest day of my professional career, I have a flat
0: tire. Wait a minute, if you had a flat tire, you could have at least given us a telephone Gee, call, John. Don't you
10: think if I had a phone, I would have called somebody? Hey, hey, I, hey What are hey, you- you are, doing? You are so stupid. How could you be so stupid to miss your shot at the WCW U.S. championship belt? I mean, I should have got the shot anyway. I'm a world champion. I'm a television world champion. It should have been mine.
0: Wait a minute, Paige. <laughs> Here's the man that earned the right to meet Sting for the U.S. title. He beat Flying Brian Tillman oh. at Ball Brawl. Johnny, that's his misfortune. Do you think I would have missed this match and have an opportunity to prove to Sting who
10: could be the next U.S. champion? Zeros don't become champions.
11: Guys like Diamond Dallas Page become champions. <laughs> now,
0: Max Muscle, what do you have to say about it?
10: Yeah, it is pretty tough getting here with four flat tires, ain't it, Dallas? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute.
0: Wait, how did you know it was four flat tires? I said a flat
11: tire! Oh no! What a
1: punch! So, my highlight from this match. Um was the bucket on ddp's head however <laughs> i will let you go into a little more detail that. yeah uh so yeah we we had um
2: a bit of a fake out at the start as well didn't we so johnny b bad ddp entered first and then we get johnny b bad um someone's posing in the way pretending to be him and then yeah he comes in from the crowd And attacks DDP from behind, um, which was a nice way just to jumpstart the match.
1: It was, it it worked well, actually.
2: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, then we're brawling on the outside, and, yeah, like you just said, DDP ends up with a bucket on his head.
1: A metal bucket that was in the first row. Because, obviously, whenever you go to wrestling, you don't forget your metal buckets.
2: Yeah. You know, it stays there as well for most of the show where they leave it <laughs> i'm not I, i'm not sure what match it was it was later on in the night and they're they're on the outside and the bucket is still there in the front row like oh,
1: you've got good eyes to be fair sean because <laughs> i i didn't even i, I just spot them, it's like
2: what have they not just have they not cleared it up have they just left it there
1: did they forget <laughs> you will probably sell it on an auction as ring used <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, he gets gets the buggers on his head, and then Johnny B. Bad sort of clobbers him either side. And then, while the bucket's still on his head, he charges him into a ring post. And it, to be fair, it looked great. Um, funny, but yeah, it, I, I, that was my favourite bit. In that I, time I, I, did,
2: I didn't realise that, like, in this era, how how much comedic selling DDP is doing. Mm. Um. To me, I think it takes away from it a little bit. I think he needs to tone it down a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was very much a, an overly enthusiastic character um, and a, a bit of a baddie with the smoking cigars and the terrible sunglasses. Yeah. So he was sort of a comedic character despite his talent at the time. Yeah. Um, but as you as you say, you know, once he did stop the slightly more comedic aspects of his routine. He just went on to great things, didn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there was one one line that I caught from Bobby Heenan in this first match, um, where they're talking about um Nick Nick Patrick, the referee, about how he's the head ref, and whatever. Um, DDP grabs Nick Patrick, and then Bobby goes, "Leave that ref alone. That is only cleanest dirty shirt." <laughs>
1: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant one-liners from Bobby again. So uh, yeah,
2: there was there was quite a few rest holds in this in this match I found as well.
1: Yeah, um, I mean I, I, I don't I think something must have been cut because they weren't ready for, this was what, a 20-minute match? Uh seventeen minutes. Seven. well, the they just didn't look ready for this either of them. Um you know we have got to remember this is still quite young and Dallas's in-ring career yeah Um, and johnny b bad was johnny b bad he he was a good character but you don't put him on for more than seven or eight minutes do you
2: yeah yeah i I was just i was looking through the network earlier and all of the opening matches for the 95 pay-per-views go around this length so i'm not i don't know why they thought
1: these long matches. Oh,
2: no, are, are a good way to start the ma- to start the pay per view.
1: Because was it in the last one was it Pillman versus Johnny B Bad?
2: Yeah, and that that was uh, half hour.
1: Yeah, and that that wasn't again. It wasn't good, but obviously uh, Southern Territory uh, historically, which is what all right, they were moving away from being a Southern Wrestling organization at this time. But they start they always started with a banger, a quick match. Um, yeah. You know, get get the crowd up and off the feet. Uh, yes. That didn't, it, it just didn't do that. Um, and the uh, unfortunately, the, fi- the finish of the match. I mean, I, do you want to pick up on anything in between? Because I need to pick up on something on the finish of the match. Uh,
2: no, there wasn't really much going on. Consider
1: considering it's a 17 minute match. No, um, there was um, a slight storyline going on with Kimberly who. Um, When he was attacked uh, previously, she didn't like it. When he attacked Johnny B. Bad, and in the end, she gave him a ten. But basically, what happened was uh, Johnny B. Bad won the TV title um, after Max Muscle inadvertently clotheslined DDP with the worst clothesline you've ever seen. Then. The next thing is that Johnny B. Bad's going to hit him with his big punch, being an ex-boxer, and knock him off the side. But he turns round and faces the crowd, and Johnny B. Bad has to hit him in the sort of the side of the head and the temple, um, and then he does this terrible fall onto the apron and slips under the ring, and uh, you know Johnny B. Bad gets the uh, g- g- gets the win. Yeah, uh, it it was an awfully executed finish in my opinion. Um, poor match again.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think they should they should have kept the bucket to the end. Yes, or, or kicked the bucket a lot earlier on the ma- on in the match.
1: Lord Booker's head. He should have done a finisher with the clothesline with him. His Booker's on his head. That would have <laughs> made things much better. Um, back to Tony Giovanni and Heenan, and again they're talking about the giant sumo monster truck match. Yeah. Um, and again they're talking about oh well. It's the car park on one side and it's the, uh, the river on the other and you know and again they're building up that somebody's going to fall off. Um, yeah. The next match, um, another absolute classic um, was Zodiac and he's substituting for Kamala and I, I couldn't quite make out why that was. I couldn't quite remember. Um,
2: what I've read online is Kamala didn't want to lose to Savage so he walked out. On the the day off the pay per
1: view. That's like that's like me refusing to lose to Chris Masters. I mean Chris Masters is much better than me wrestling, despite what I think of. him Macho Man and the Savage was already legendary at this point. How yeah. Kamala didn't wanna put him over? Is it is Kamala fucking Kamala?
7: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah, Zodiac subbed him. Um again, a very, very quick match. Um It, it was quite some, interesting though. Well know. the the the, the in, most interesting thing was some twat ran in the ring from the um from f- from the audience and he gets made a fool of by Randy Anderson, the little ref with the hat.
2: I couldn't work out if if it was a man or a woman.
1: It was a man. It was a, It was. A, it was just the nineties. It was long hair, big hair bands, and all that. Well,
2: um, I, I can't talk about the hair I had, do
1: I? On, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I certainly can't talk. Um, I am follicly challenged. Um, so yeah, Randy Anderson, the RAF just, just, just would not let this guy get past, him and then he gets taken out by security, and oh, hopefully he gets a good hiding in the back. Um, yeah. Then the, the at this point being the 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 veterans that Zodiac um, and Macho Man are that they take it out the ring whilst the knobheads in the ring and the security have gotten basically come back in the ring. And yet, Macho Man, it's an elbow drop off the top. Um, And that was the win the one, two, three. Um, Yeah, that that match went one minute and 30 seconds. An absolute classic of our time. Um, But what this match was was as part of a um and um, should we say a mini tournament um uh, whereby yeah it, it's not even a tournament it's it, it's a, as if you were starting at the semi-finals uh, we've got macho man versus zodiac who's substitute for kamala and we've got lex luger versus Meng um and the two winners would go on to face each other and then would go on to fight for the title if i'm correct
2: uh, yes, I think I think, yeah. that, I think it was the number one
1: contender's spot. Yeah, but well, it was it was not. I don't think it was at a pay per view. It was probably they said the next Nitro or yeah. something, something down the line. Um, now, thankfully, and mercifully, they've let me and Gene come down from the roof of Cobo Hall. In <laughs> reality, I think they filmed all that the night before.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. So they they filmed the monster truck on the
1: Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um And then he plugs his WCW hotline, which is always good. Um yeah. I've got was,
2: that. I've, I've I've got that number stuck in my head so much. <laughs>
1: go on, one eight
2: hundred nine oh
1: nine eighty nine hundred. You go. You say, please do not <laughs> ring that number. It's nowhere. It's no longer a Um, and so the uh, he he comes back and he does a Johnny B Bad interview.
0: Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heaton. It is a red hot night here in Detroit. Halloween Havoc up and running, and still a whole lot of entertainment to come. By the way, speaking of sizzling, the WCW hotline is absolutely sizzling tonight on option one. I overheard the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, talking to a man that he used to represent at another wrestling federation. I can't talk about it on the air. I certainly won't talk about it here on Halloween Havoc. However, I will talk about it tonight, along with Mike today and Mark Madden on the WCW hotline at one 909 9900 Folks, please, this is some very hot news. Give us a call. 1-900-909-9900. Speaking of hot news, as you know, we have a brand new Woo! world television champion, a happy man here in the locker room. I think I heard a couple of corks popping for yeah, you, Johnny you, B. Bass. There's going
11: to be a celebration in the Motor City. Gene...
10: I've been telling everybody, I promise the fans, and I promise myself most of all. All the trials and tribulations, all the adversity. I tell these kids, if you believe, you can achieve. And ever since I was a young boy, I dreamed of the day I'd be wearing the gold. And today, I'm here to tell you, and all those fans, dreams do come true. This is reality, the world television title. Diamond Dallas Page gave me everything. I took it all, Gene.
0: You know, Diamond Dallas Page actually did not help his cause with the presence of this this max muscle. And I, I must say, You're a tremendous uh, technician because you capitalized on some of the mental mistakes they made. Well,
10: Gene, that comes from my intestinal fortitude.
11: I never gave up, Gene. That's why I'm in the greatest professional sport in the world, world championship wrestling. I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to give up. I promise I'll always give 100%. I'm
0: going to keep this beautiful belt. I'm a bad man. Johnny B. Wow. Johnny B. Bad, don't run away. I want you to come on in here. You and I are gonna go down to, to Greek town tonight, and, and maybe I, buy, I can I help buy, you something. I'm buying you dinner tonight, Gene. No, I'll tell I you what I'm going in 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 honor of your tutti Fruity. I'm gonna sing tutti Frutti in the key of C out at Pegasus tonight.
10: I'd like to hear that, Gene. Okay, you know I got a front row seat for that one.
0: All right, we'll have a little Greek food, a little Moussaka, perhaps some gyros, and some good times. Johnny B. Bad oh. is absolutely oh. delighted because once again he is the world television champion. <sighs> Here at World it's Championship Wrestling. All right, Tony, Bobby, gentlemen, back to you.
1: Which isn't it, it's not a bad promo from Johnny be Bad, to be fair. Um, yeah. it, obviously very energetic. He's just won the TV title, and he said it's a dream come t- come true. Yeah. Now, me and you might be considered belt nerds. What's yeah. your thought on the World TV title at this point? Um, it's
2: not. It's not the best looking belt, but it's, it's not the worst either. I, I I think it's I think it's middle ground.
1: Well, I think it's quite classic looking. Yeah. Um, uh, and as I say, do ex- excuse us if you you're not really a belt fan, but I do remember the previous TV titles and every single the,
2: the red one wasn't
1: it there, there the was red the strap red NWA one and there was also a. Um, Another one which wasn't around for for very long, which is a WCW TV title, but it was um, it was multicolored. It might have been an NWA one actually. I might be getting myself mixed up. Um, but yeah, I, I I've always liked uh, always liked this title. It does look quite classic. It, it, you know, it's it's not meant to overshadow Big Gold or the US title. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, the NWA. It was basically it, it was for use of TV. Literally, what it was TV shows. So that they got have yes. a title fight on the uh, on the card. See, so um,
2: that's why I think NXT should have done when they bought in a North American title mm-hmm. is they should have had the network title.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is, really, does it? It's just it's it's a belt you defend every week. Um, yeah, and then y- y- you can create stories from from around them. Um, yeah. Now the next one was qu- I found quite interesting There was a package showing um, The next match is Kurosawa versus um, Road Warrior Hawk And it showed a package of uh, Kurosawa basically uh, Either breaking or injuring Hawk's arm um, Do you Kuros- have much
2: background knowledge On this uh, Kurosawa Because I know you're into New-, New Japan And everything
1: Yeah I mean like it, it was um, Manabu Nakanishi. Um He held, he held the IWGP title once, and I think he won a G1 Climax as well. Um, oh, so he, he was, you know, he, but you can tell that when you look at him, um, he, he's a he's very well built. Uh, he's not muscular in terms of cut up, but he looks like a big bull. He looks, yeah. he looks like Walter used to look um, before he lost he, he lost his weight. Um, yeah. And this was It it was a very short match Um, Again This was a big Just like a big horse or a a powerhouse Match Um, And Curacao won by cheating after A decent Samoan drop and he put his Foot on the ropes and Colonel Robert Parker who was his manager held the feet Down there there wasn't much to it However I did find it a bit Of a pallet cleaner um, because it was well done, it was it was short, but it was uh, there was no distractions, a couple of yeah. solid moves in there, and it, it did certainly, you know, made me feel a lot better than the previous match.
2: Yeah, it it went three minutes fifteen. It was definitely a surprise to see K- uh, Kurosawa win, though. I thought they would I thought they would have given Hulk the win as like as a revengeful injuring his arm. So yeah. when, when he lost. It was definitely, it was, it was a shock.
1: Yeah, Uh, I I can see that.
2: Now we're going to a classic Mean Gene promo with Randy Savage.
0: Let's take it back to Mean Gene Okerlund. All right, uh, Tony and Bobby, I've got a man that is pacing the floor. He won his match earlier over Zodiac from the Dungeon of Doom. Now, if Lex Luger happens to win his match a little bit later on against Ming, the face of terror from the Dungeon of Doom, that means that Luger and the Macho Man, Randy Savage, will indeed be meeting here at Halloween Havoc, and certainly that stimulates your interest in that Luger-Ming match. One down,
6: one to go. And you know what? I beat the Zodiac, yeah. And we had even a little audience participation, yeah, because I'm wild, yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, Hulk Hogan. I heard what you said about me a few days ago, yeah. And I don't think that you can separate business from friendship. I'm your friend. But if I ever see you in the ring, I can beat you. Don't you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy Savage, I know you are... Your mustache is crooked. Your beard is a little sideways, too, but I don't want to get into that. I'm not going to take personal pot shots at you or anybody else. That's not my nature. Get in line, everybody. I'm a little better guy than that, I don't mind telling you. I'm a bigger man. Well, how did we get into this? That's okay, man. Very curious. I'm going to take Lex Luger because I
6: know he's going to beat Ming
0: because I'm going to make sure he does. Can can, can we just uh, get away from the subject of the the Luger uh, potential Randy Savage match? I want to ask you one other question because everywhere I go, people are talking about these two monster trucks that are going to be colliding here a little bit later on the giant in the dungeon of doom truck and your good friend hulk hogan in the hulksters monster truck my
6: curiosity is killing me just like a cat would
0: be killed by the curiosity
6: yeah because of the fact machine versus machine and man versus man doubled and tripled by the exposure of the wcw heavyweight championship belt don't you think i have a little bit of interest right there friendships friendships business is business hulk hogan already through the line in the sand, I'm just following it up, yeah.
0: All right, we're going to be watching I'm very closely.
6: I'm going to be a participant, and I'm going to be watching,
0: too, through the video scope. yeah. Thank you, the Macho Man Randy Savage. He is one of a kind. Let's get you back inside Joe Lewis into the ring. You
9: know, some of that mustache he has comes with a nose and glasses, too. Does it really? Yes. Maybe they'll be in the
2: stores for Christmas. What do you think? Yeah, I don't want to look like Gene with well they're, they're, they're a bit of back and forth and you can tell us it's it's not a pre-tape either mm. because savage puts in the line oh we had a bit of um fan interaction or, or yes. something within, like within the promo so you can tell it's 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 not been done pre-tape it's live as, it's yeah. live, as live can be yeah and then you get the you get the line from Savage to Mean Gene, your mustache is crooked. <laughs> so,
1: as I said, the, the Mean Gene and his interviewers have just created so many great moments. Seventy. Yeah. As I say, I I will never ever forget the when Flair gave that classic promo after the Royal Rumble. Um mean uh, when he won the Royal One, this is the only title in the wrestling world that means anything. With a tear in my eye, I mean Gene shouts, that cigarette out." Yeah. Um And you think, Gene, time and a place, mate. Time and a place. Yeah. Um, he is great, and it was it was a good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah,
2: it it was a it was a um a great promo, and then yeah we we as we're coming back to the ring, um. Bobby has another little little jip at um Mean Jean and he goes, Oh Mean Jean's got a fancy dress and you know it comes with nose glasses and a moustache.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, we we moved moved on after this to uh Mr J L or as he was announced here, just JL. Yeah. Um a new luchador in town under the mask, none other than a Mr. Jerry Lynn. Um, and he was fighting a Sabu, and as I say, it was it was a Detroit crowd. It was um it, back in the day, the Sheik was the biggest thing. Uh, the, the Sheik and the bru- Bruiser, um, Dick the Bruiser, should I say? Um, so I think they were obviously playing to a home crowd by having the original Sheik walk down Sabu to the ring. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's, he's an uncle as well. Um, I, I think I think I've heard somewhere that they
2: wanted. Was it Bobo Brazil, Sheik's old opponent? opponent. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, well, Dick the Bruiser and Bobo Brazil both. Yeah, I think. Feuds.
2: I think they wanted one of them two to actually come to the ring with Mr. J. L. But I think they just, he just went. I can hardly walk. I'm not doing it. Well,
1: so. the the Sheik obviously came out with a sword. Um, it wasn't the best looking sword. Um. There's kids who buy them at National Trust places. Those green plastic ones that actually look a lot more dangerous than what the uh, what the Sheikh had here. But you know what? This this match really surprised me. The Sheikh got a bit of a pop. I've got, got to be honest. When he came out, he he did get a good crowd reaction, and it was a high flying start. And there were some great moves in here, and the crowd was just fucking dead. Yeah, you could hear people. Chittering and chattering and talking to each other, and the, you know, there was there was some. I mean, it started off with the, the sheik, the sheik got knocked out by Sabu. Um, when he went over the road, done him, uh, I think it was a somersault sl- slingshot, yeah, from the ring out to the back, hit Mr. JL and um, and the sheik. I, it, was, you know, it was a good start, it was a good, but the crowd were just dead, yeah. And I, don't there know, was... I don't know why,
2: I think. I think, well, I think Sabo's only had maybe one or two matches on Nitro. I don't think Mr. JL's had any yet. Um, the This seems to just be one of their matches that they've just put into the pay-per-view. Um, I definitely would have liked this to have gone probably about another five minutes. Yes. So yeah. it, it only went three minutes and, tw- and 25 seconds. If this was a seven-minute match, it would have been, I reckon, a lot better as well. I reckon the
1: crowd could have got into it a lot more. Yeah, I mean the the one the one spot that I really enjoyed was um, Sabu was on the second rope and he was um, they did uh, Mister JL did a, a German suplex with the bridge off the second rope yeah. to absolutely no reaction. It was yeah. a wonderful looking move that i would not seen before or since. Um, now as it happens Sabu with a springs springboard moon Solved for the 1 2 3 and then the Sheik throws a fireball at Mr. JL yeah,
2: which which we nearly miss
1: which we nearly again we go back to the this whole problem with the direction and the crew on WCW shows it literally happened in the corner of the the corner of the screen Yes, um I'm not got a, do you think Sheik just did that I know that used to be his thing,
2: didn't it? But do you think there was direction for him to do it, or do you think he just done it himself, and that's why we nearly missed it?
1: No, I think that that has to be direction to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it it was one of his, you know, along with the railway spike, it was it was one of his gimmicks. That that's what he had to do. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it was, a, it was a decent match. It was it was certainly, I thought, one of the better ones in the show. Unfortunately. It, Did think it, the crowds shit on it.
2: This should have been the opener, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree, yeah. Um,
2: even, even if it was only four minutes, I reckon this could have this should have been the opener.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Now we've got uh, Tony um Tony Schiavone and Heenan again talking more about this monster truck match. Um and I'm sure there's another um Thing about going over the edge of the, the building, throwing in again and again. They're just overplaying. Um, we then go to a, a promo with Kevin Sullivan yeah. and who I think was ended up calling the master. So yeah. Kevin Sullivan become the taskmaster because he used to do, do the tasks for his master. Yeah, and yeah. it's very uh, supernaturally, um, and it, it's a long promo as well. And it's yeah. very—it's Halloween. Don't get me wrong; it's Halloween havoc. But it
2: was—it was done in the aisle way as well, wasn't it? Which was mm. quite strange.
1: Yeah, it was—it was—it was strange, especially for that kind of interview.
8: Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, and the Master.
11: Mm. my son The stars, Solomon, are lined up, and the great Milky Way is ready for you, my son. In Tokyo, Japan, in Peking, China, it's the start of another day. They say, Solomon, my son, that there will be a total eclipse of the sun today around the world. Because, Solomon, we are here. Right here now. And tonight, you will walk upon the galaxies because you're giant and the insurance of the yeti. You will destroy Hulkamania around the globe. Hogan, in Detroit, we brought the insurance policy. It is written from the bones of Banaras, a giant shall lead us through the next century. Hogan, when you put on the black, the evil that lies inside of you is out of control. The monster truck, there's nothing you can do about that. When it's Tim John, the Dungeon of Doom trucks, is the strongest of them all. And Hogan, you don't have a friend in the universe. Sting, Luger, and Savage are all vultures Licking at your heels. Tonight, Hulk Hogan, Detroit, lightning does not strike twice in this
1: universe. In my notes, I just put chatting absolute fucking bubbles. Yeah. They were just talking about... This, you know, when he said about the warrior and he talked about the cosmos and this bullshit and that bullshit, that's yeah. exactly what the two of them were doing. Yeah. Um, you you could,
2: you could, you could see Sullivan trying not to break character as well. Mm. He was holding in laughter.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't. It did not come across well to me. No nah, it was.
2: Is Sullivan even on the pay per view? Well, he's part of the Well, yeah, 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 I suppose so, yeah. Um Yeah, and then we move on to another Well they've given away another Harley Davidson.
1: <laughs> They're
2: doing well, aren't they? Yeah. Um oh. So you yeah, can yeah. get a Harley Davidson sweepstake.
1: We we can be we we basically see Hulk Hogan give somebody a Harley Davidson and then a paid for advert for a Harley Davidson or, or a customs workshop because he said, oh we can put a bit of chrome on this and he said, oh and here's our t-shirts yeah. it's basically a paid for commercial or it's one of eric bischoff's friends who does his motorbike and that's yeah. why which is probably more likely yeah uh,
0: i don't know if i should be talking tony to my insurance agent or if i should uh, try get a hold of Kelvin sullivan i need an interpretation on uh what the master just happened to say now joining me at this time Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the WCW Harley Davidson Sweepstakes is Mike Hill from Coleman, Alabama. Congratulations! I'm also joined by Tony Carlini, also the lovely Doris Taylor, who is part of Carlini's California Connection, and the World Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan, along with Mike's fiance. I should point that out for the record. And I understand you're going to make Hulk the official presentation. Well, you know something, brother, going into this Halloween havoc, it was really important that I was on a roll, brother. And the fact
6: that Maniac Mike won the Harley Davidson, brother, just kind of gives me that little extra edge I need, brother, because he's already told me how he's getting back to Alabama. You can ask him that later. It gives me that little extra edge to know that the Maniacs are on my side. And, you know, as I present Maniac Mike with the keys, brother, we got somebody called Cadillac Jack, Tony Carlini, in the back, brother. He's the best Harley Davidson builder around, brother. He's blowing all those California boys away. He's got his first shop right here in Detroit, Michigan, brother. And I think if I bend Carlini's arm a little bit, Maniac Mike, he might have to put a little bit extra
0: chrome on that thing. How about it, Cadillac Jack? What about it, Tony? I'm sure we can accommodate him. Doris Taylor, our manager here for the story store. All right, I'm going to get Doris uh, up front and center here so we can see her smiling face. Doris, tell us what uh, Carlini's has in store for our winner, Mike Hill.
7: Well, Mike. First, I'd like to congratulate you on winning the Harley-Davidson. We've put together an apparel package for you here, some sweatshirts, T-shirts, and a hat. And also back at our store in Redford, we have an exhaust system, some Carlini paint savers, and a Carlini torque arm. We'd like to invite you back to the store to pick it up and take it back with you. Again, thank you. you All right, terrific.
0: I could probably use an extra exhaust pipe. Hulk Hogan, I want to point out for the record, that this Harley Davidson, if I go back six or seven weeks, means a great deal to you and it make all culminate here tonight. Well, you know something, brother, the little
6: Hulkamaniacs gave me one just like that. And at the time, I said, it'd be a beautiful thing if we gave one away to a a Hulkamaniac so we could ride side-by-side, brother. So, you know, I just want to touch the seat to remember how it felt, brother. And that's the last thing I'm going to touch lightly tonight, brother, because later on, man, just like Maniac Mike said, he's going to ride that sucker all the way back to Alabama. I'm going to ride that giant through the straddle of the night, brother. And when he starts huffing and puffing and running out of gas, I'm going to squash him just like he squashed my HD, brother
0: all right uh, doris speaking of touching seats uh are we do, have anything special here i i think i caught her on that one that's a little inside problem hey, i got cadillac jack
6: in the highwayman watching my back brother i ain't worried about nothing you got that right
0: i've got i've got that yeah. monster truck competition still to come here i want you to stand by Uh, Our winner, once again, from Coleman, Alabama, is Mike Hill. Mike, congratulations to you. Now, how are you going to get this Harley from Detroit to Coleman, Alabama? We're going to
8: straddle it and ride that sucker all the way back home.
0: I love to hear that. How about that? We've got a big crowd on hand. Jimmy Hart, I want to thank you. Doris Taylor, and, of course, uh, Tony Carter. Uh, thanks a million for coming here. And the California Connection and WCW Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan. You still have got a lot of business to conduct yet here tonight.
6: Brother, first it's machine against machine. I'm going to push that giant right out of the circle, brother. And then I'm going to take him in the ring
0: and lay him next to his father. Right here in Detroit, brother. Thank you very much. Right now, let's bring mm. you up to date on our next pay-per-view spectacular.
1: Yeah. Now, what, what, what does get... What does get uh, mentioned here just after that is the there for World War Three. Yeah. the first time that they were going to use three rings, um, sixty man, and the winner gets a title shot. Yeah, um, I mu- I look forward to that pay per view much more than I did this one.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that that, that concept, I've have always enjoyed. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's quite good fun. Um, but yet yeah, there. Like, like their tagline for that was a giant in every ring that's right yeah so they were going to have the giant um uh, the yeti the yeti um and apparently they wanted to get um
1: oh who's the guy
2: um
1: Gonzalez. yes he's dead at this point yeah, uh, God bless him, Giant Gonzalez yeah. Apparently a really nice man But um, he was abs- the absolute shit Yeah uh, El
2: Gigante Yeah, that's the
1: one but. So, Well, we we had a little bit, um A match I enjoyed a little bit more than most today That followed that up It was um, Meng versus Lex Luger um, mm. What I will say And, and I'll, I'll let you to go into a bit more about the match again But what I will say is Just from a physical standpoint, Lex Luger looks like an absolute stud here. He looks like he's built out of granite by the Greek gods. He looks amazing. I know he he sometimes lacks charisma and he's not the greatest worker, but he just looks absolutely stunning here. Yeah,
2: Yeah. you can can see why Vince chose him to be the next Hulk Hogan. Um. No, there's no doubt in that. It just, it just didn't work out for him. Um, but I have noticed, especially where I've like I've I've watched different pay per views and nitros, and, and even here, Luger gets massive pops in WCW. Yeah. But he never got them in the WWE or WWF.
1: No, no, that's true. But the obviously he was brought in. He was brought in as the narcissist uh, or narcissist. Um, and it, it was a good character, but he never really got it over.
7: Yeah. But he,
1: he he didn't have much redeem redeeming features. And then when he was there, he's quite wooden. Like, in his promo delivery and stuff, he always has been. Yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe that's it. It just didn't translate in WWF. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this match was uh Luger versus Meng. it went quite long it went it was 13 minutes and 14 seconds yeah um my first initial thought was why they gave Luger 13 minutes when they gave Savage one minute 30.
1: I think it's quite brave because obviously he's he's the second match out of the the two opening matches um and he hasn't got a lot of time to recover from you know to and as as you say, it fits to see him go long and not Savage. Uh, yeah. I honestly thought it would be the other way around.
2: Yeah. Um Ming has the advantage, I'd say, for a good seventy five percent of this match, Ming is on top. Um you know, lot of corner work. Um
1: Hard hit stuff going on. Uh, yeah. Ming Yeah,
2: it? it was a very physical match on from from meng onto luger um yeah and it the end so throughout the whole match they were playing up is who's luger with because they still people still don't trust him is he with the dungeon of doom or is he with wcw and and hogan um and it, it comes a little bit clearer towards the end with the finish um, So Meng Gives Luger the The spike um, yep. And Luger's pretty much Out cold um,
1: And what we should say as well Is uh, maybe my fault For not going into it is Meng at this point is part of the Dungeon of Doom He's got Kevin Sullivan ringside um, yeah. And As soon as he gets under a bit of pressure I'm sure you'll let us know what happened.
2: Yeah, so... As soon as as Luger... Sorry, as soon as Meng goes goes to the pin and goes for the win, Sullivan comes into the ring and kicks... He kicks Meng. So then Luger gets the win via disqualification. Yeah. So... At this point, you're going. Well, why does Luger? Well, why does Sullivan want Luger to then face Savage, um, which then rolls on to the end of the show? Um, but yeah, it was a little bit it was a little bit different,
1: and obviously they've got um, Meng with the level and Luger with the golden spike as well. Um, yeah, you know to again throw further further fuel. Is he with them or he isn't? Because this happened with Kevin Sullivan, but then a member of the Dungeon of Doom just levels him with a golden spike. Um, yeah. So, it is... It's going... I think he, he, he brings that up in his uh, post-match interview, doesn't he? Um, uh, Lex Luger, he said, there seems to be forces at work that want to see me and Macho uh, face off. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then we... Yeah, so we then move on to another interview with Mean Gene and the Giant. You know,
0: Tony and Bobby, I've got to say some rather strange things are happening within the ranks of the Dungeon of Doom here tonight in Detroit, in the Motor City at Halloween Havoc. The big man next to me is, of course, the 7-foot, 4-inch, 400-pound-plus Giant. Let me set the table, if I may, for tonight, Giant. Momentarily, we're going to see you and Hulk Hogan on top of the roof here at the adjacent Cobo Hall in your monster trucks in the machine versus machine competition. 3,000 horsepower between the two vehicles. I understand some 11 or 12,000 pounds. And certainly you've got to have some thoughts going into this one.
5: Well, my thoughts right now, me and Gene, are very simple. Oh. Number one, if Hogan has the courage to show up, if he finds the heart to meet me on the roof of Cobo Hall, when we hook up, Grill against grill, truck against truck, machine against machine. In that 100-foot diameter, it's not going to be big enough. Because I'm going to push him right clean off the roof. And if there's anything left, right out here, Joe Louis Arena, Hulk Hogan, is going to end up giving me the world championship belt. Because I'm going to choke slam him right to the floor. Do you understand me?
0: Look at that hand. You've got to be kidding me. Please, from now on. I'll hold the microphone, or you can hold it for that matter. Now, let's talk about something else. In the ring, as you alluded to, right here in front of a capacity crowd at Joe Louis Arena, WCW Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan putting the title on the line after the monster truck competition against you quickly, sir. If he lives, i tell you one thing right now.
5: Hogan is going to get the beating of his life. WCW Heavyweight Championship on the belt.
0: Hogan, you're mine, and don't. Dead, you understand me? All right, ladies ah! and gentlemen, the Giant is going to be meeting Hulk Hogan two times yet tonight here at Halloween Havoc. Machine versus machine, man versus man. Hogan and the Giant live from the Motor City. Let's get you back to the ring.
2: What,
1: what did you think of this one? Better, better than the um, the first one that we saw. Um, uh, again, he's he's t- talking it up. He's um, yeah, you know, he's trying to put across the the importance of this, and but again, there's more references made to help, help throwing Hogan over the edge, and yeah, he yeah. it, it, it was done off like a racing car driver for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, wasn't a huge huge fan of, of of the interview, but it was certainly better. And as I say, we've got to remember he's very young in his career here.
2: Yeah, he what uh, what the main takeaway from this was as well is with obviously joined being. Legitimately seven foot, and Mean Gene's up five foot. Um, the giant grabs Mean Gene's hand with the microphone. Yes. And, <laughs> and y- you can tell he's actually in pain. Mm. Like y- you can tell his hand is, is sore after that.
1: He squeals a little bit, doesn't he? And he lets yeah. you know that he's been, you know, he's in pain.
2: Yeah, and and then he goes uh, uh, at the end. You you goes next time. I hold the microphone or oh, in fact you just hold it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was a it was a pretty pretty average promo it was okay it, it, got, yeah. it got everything across
1: that's it that's it um now as we've mentioned earlier they've been talking throughout the show about the sta- status of uh, rick flair um after being attacked an attack that we didn't see um and we go into Sting and Flair Versus Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman um, Rick Floyd Does not turn up to ringside And it basically starts as a Handicap match with Sting Going against Arn and Pillman um, yeah. yeah Sting takes a great beat here Doesn't he, he really sells well um, Because yeah. he has to Yeah, so th- this,
2: this storyline of Sting being with Flair um, Has been playing up Nearly on every single show, so Nitros well,
1: since since the beginning of Nitro wasn't it? The, the first Nitro we saw, um, yeah, the 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 standoff with Arn and Flair, and then you know, yeah. Um,
2: but then on the Saturday nights And the on the, on Pro and main event every week, Flair's been coming out to Sting's matches, begging him to be on his side for the pay per view, um. And Sting's kept on going. No, you've turned on me once. You've turned on me before. I'm. I'm not going to accept it. Like you're on your own. Flair. I I think at one point Flair even asked Savage if he would be on his team. Um. So there was quite a bit of build up for this. Um. It was. It was a. It was a pretty good match.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think. uh, Arn Anderson. I mean Pillman's a great worker anyway, but Arn Anderson makes a tag team feel like a tag team. He can be put in there with anyone. And he, he makes them look like a well oiled machine. Yeah. Um and that's what they did. my favourite Anderson Spine Buster come out during the match. Sting really, really sold well. Um and then Rick turns up, doesn't he? In his he does. Uh, in his street clothes, so I, don't know, I suppose you call them street clothes. We had the Dodgy as Kex and just ripped his t-shirt off. Yeah, um, and he's he, he's there for the tag, isn't he? He's got a bandage on his head. Yeah, he's trying to get that hot tag, and but they keep beating him and they keep beating him down. I love the psychology of this yeah. because yeah. you really, really want him to make the tag, and eventually he does get the tag.
2: Yeah, and yeah, as soon as, as soon as he made that tag, the crowd just erupted. But then they then erupted again because Fair straight away then turns on Sting.
1: It was great the way he did it as well, didn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. It was, he, he he goes to attack Pillman. He just turns around and waffles Sting.
1: Absolutely brilliant, um, and it was one of them. I, I do remember watching this particular match when, well, like, I I I was tape trading at the time with my cousins over in the states. Um And we To see that I never saw Even though I should have seen it coming I didn't see it coming And then the way he went He bounced off the ropes And then he come back in And he just he The perfect working punch That looks stiff But obviously You know it, It took Stingos And there was There was a big booing And then There was also a couple of Horseman fans In the crowd Because there was a lot of people doing this, they were raising their arms and shaking them and show. So yeah. I, I think this I think it works works so well. Um Yeah,
2: it and the the triple team beatdown at the end was good as well.
1: It was really um, really was.
2: Yeah, this was a perfect I think this was the perfect way to bring Flair back with Anderson and yeah. and to reinstate the horseman. Have Flair turn on the biggest baby face there is. Bosh it Yeah,
1: and uh, we go, we go up, and Mean Gene meets them on the top of the stage.
0: Well, Tony Savini, I've got to tell you, Bobby Heenan, this is right down your alley. This is the most disgusting thing I have ever seen. All along, Ric Flair was part of this Anderson Pillman game plan to turn on Sting i can't believe it hopefully i can get a word with these gentlemen as they come back and head toward the locker room by the way fans the hotline the wcw hotline is up and running right now mark madden is back there mike today johnny b Bad, all of the great superstars are on hand road warrior hawk will talk to you if you give them a call right now at 1 900 909 9900 buck 49 a minute kids get your parents permission and uh, make that call right now gentlemen come on in here Art Anderson, Brian Pillman, you have perpetrated the worst thing I've ever seen, Claire All right! Now
11: we go to school! First thing you learn is, you don't jump on double-A. Second thing you learn is, you don't play around with flying Brian. Third thing you learn is, you never mess around with an HMOI, and the fourth thing is, you don't walk, talk, or breathe, unless the horseman wants you to. Right, Ryan? Woo! <laughs> Be careful what you wish for.
10: All you bloodthirsty fans out there that ask for this, well, you
11: got it, now deal with it. All oh, we're reunited! and it feels so good horseman style
0: Woo! ladies and gentlemen this is perhaps one of the worst things i could ever recall happening doug dillinger what is the condition of sting right now does anybody know come on get me some word here this is absolutely ludicrous Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone, gentlemen Heenan, I don't know, you probably knew about this game plan far in advance Tony, back to you
1: And obviously Mean Gene says what he always says when uh, somebody turns This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in wrestling um, yeah. And Flair and Arn just pull out their standard amazing promos Yeah.
7: They're
1: off the cuff they compliment each other yeah. starting to see the beginning of the loose cannon character come from Pillman just a little bit and he makes his own statements and it was just done so well. Yeah. Uh, basically you, then, you know, the horsemen are back. Yeah.
2: Did you see a fan threw um, one of them red cups at him, and Anderson just caught it and dropped it perfectly like it was seamless?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a couple of times they're that nice. I don't know what they all had but there seemed to be yellow pieces of something that we're getting thrown at a lot of people as well yeah. um but yeah it was a great interview um tony Schiavone and he go over what we've just seen um and this is the point where I, I mentioned it earlier mike tine does the interview with lex and lex is talking about you know all these forces at work uh decent decent promo not no not much more than that yeah. um
8: What a perplexing situation here in Detroit, Michigan, Lex Luger. You appeared to have the match in control. You had Ming set for the torture rack, then he brought the Asiatic Spike into the ring, and of all people, the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, interferes. What do you make of this? Now you have to face Randy Savage after that grueling match with Ming.
10: You know, it seems a very perplexing situation. It seems there's forces here in the World Championship Wrestling. Besides my good pal and friend Sting who want this match between the macho man, Randy Savage and myself to take place. The reasons why I can't really say, I don't really know. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent right now, but macho man, when the total package Lex Luger, here's that bell ring. It's you and I, the big boys getting it on. And when the bell rings, I'm gonna be there, macho man. And you know what? I'm gonna be all over you because I've got a goal that I stated from day one. And you and your pal, Hulk Hogan, can commiserate together all you want. But the bottom line is this. I am the total package. I am going to be the greatest wrestler the WCW has ever seen. I am going to be the world's heavyweight champion. You know what, macho man? I'm gonna go through you to get there. I'm gonna make an example of you. So Macho Man, you better be ready. You've taken on a lot of big matches in your career, but you've never had a bigger match than the Total Package Lex Luger right now because I'm standing before you and I'm telling you, Macho Man, that I'm gonna take you apart piece by piece because the Total Package always gets what he wants. Now, let's
8: go back to the ring. Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan
1: and then we go to the monster truck sumo race
4: the wrath of the giant WCW world champion knows it all too well first it was the shocking appearance in Huntington Beach California as he tossed his father's shirt toward the champ
5: remember this then only
4: a week later it was discovered that he was a part of the dungeon of doom ah! one true Hulk Hogan declared war, a war that would lead Hogan back to the dungeon for yet another brutal, blatant attack. The Hulkster gathered his team of Hulkamaniacs for fall brawl and war games, but it was there prior to the event that the giant struck. It would be the first of many blows to the power of Hulkamania. It happened as Hogan was arriving to the arena on his cherished Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Then, later the same night, as Hogan had the Taskmaster in the cage, the giant attacked again. As a result, an injured Hulk Hogan made a challenge. I'm going to build a bigger, a
6: better, a stronger, more powerful monster truck. I'm going to get him to hook his up to mine. And I'm going to drag him around and around and around the Joe Louis Arena, brother. Because I'm setting him up in Detroit, man. And after I outpower his truck... After I embarrass him, then I'm going to put the WCW title on the line, brother. And I'm going to put him
4: in his
5: place, dude.
4: But the Giant, under the guidance of Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, was unstoppable as he unleashed a premeditated attack on WCW Monday Nitro Live on September 25th. Oden witnessed the attack from his home and quickly made it clear he would confront the Giant on the next live Nitro event. That Nitro event proved even more dangerous for the Hulkster. After his interview, the most vicious and horrible attack of all occurred.
11: Oh, what
3: is this? There's a woman with a cane. I know he's going to do it again. No, no. They're
4: shaving off the mustache. An injured shaved Hulk Hogan would not stay down. He went to Chicago the next week to confront the giant again. The fans were stunned as they saw the world champ as never before. Dressed in black, but this time the giant was barred from the arena and Hogan gave chase. Police kept both men apart. Then, last week, the master told of a plan of insurance for Halloween Havoc. He returned during WCW Monday Nitro to present his insurance, The Yeti. Later in that same program, the giant was on the attack again when the power of Hulkamania made one final powerful statement heading toward their collision. But the Dungeon of Doom had one more surprising move as the countdown continues to halloween havoc hulk hogan prepares his monster truck knowing that for the first time in his career he must face the same man twice in one night first machine against machine as the two control their sumo monster truck in an explosive battle and then man against man as a determined Hulk Hogan defense, the WCW world title against the most feared and awesome competitor world championship wrestling has ever witnessed and must contend with what lies ahead.
2: Yeah, so with this we get um, so we go upstairs and yeah, they they weld the two monster trucks together.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be a rope, wasn't it? They was said they were gonna rope them together, but they ended up welding them.
2: Yeah. I I, I mean I wouldn't trust that weld. He was there for about thirty <laughs> se- oh, about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah, we get some inside shots um of off the trucks. Um we we did have a change of commentary for this of this match as well. Or match. We had Eric Bischoff bobby heenan and then we had the guy who built the monster trucks as well
1: i've got bobby heenan as uh, um, eric bischoff and some mechanic on yeah. my
2: notes yeah pretty much um yeah you, you can see on with some of the shots you can see that there's two people driving each monster truck and i think that's obviously hogan and giant aren't actually driving them No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've had to splice that into commentary somehow as well. Be like, oh yeah, like one's driving the front, one's driving the back. Um, but yeah, we get we get the same shots of them inside, and they just like look like they're shaking the steering wheel rather than actually trying to drive it. Like um,
1: these, um kids rides at the fair where you they use yeah. use the wheels, but it doesn't actually make any difference to where they're going.
2: Yeah. Um. It's back and forth. I don't know why I'm doing so much play 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 by it's,
1: play for this. Shite is what it is, Sean. Yeah, it's absolute shite. Um, they push each other back. They push each other forward Hogan wins, and then the, if you thought the actual monster truck sumo match was shit, just wait till you see what happens next. Um, <laughs> we get them out the car, and Hogan's backing up towards the towards the edge. Where there's obviously a little little, little rail Or go Um, They get into a fight And then Hogan sort of Just flips his hands up To escape a grapple And the big show, or sorry the giant Falls flat With his arms outstretched Um, And then the cameras Go off and then they go back on And it shows the river Which is not Near the stadium Yeah Um, it's just it's over the road and around. Um, and we just hey, see Hogan trying to grab his hand as he fell, and then just looking, you know.
2: Yeah. I, I, it it must have still been quite scary, even just to take a, that fall, even if it was only like a five-foot ledge. If you're, you're stood up that high, it's your first time doing anything like this. It's pitch black. And he's got to then take that Short
1: fall, stuff still could have gone wrong. Oh, completely. I mean, I, it just—it was. How can we put this? It's not. It's not like this isn't a spoof film. It's not where somebody falls off a building, um, and then it's okay. Yeah, you know, there's got but, to be a certain. Letter, and I know we've had this in wrestling. Back and forth over the years, there's got to be be even the slightest hint of legitimacy um, to something. Um, And as I say, I do remember watching this for the first time, and I do remember. Although I I, I was much more appreciative of the matches back then, that maybe shows how it's dated itself. This was just the absolute drizzling shit. Um, But they come come back to the arena with Eric the mechanic and. Bobby Heenan, and they're, they're supposed to be. There's this fake air of urgency about. We don't know what's happened, and Eric Bischoff runs to go to the back to find out what's happened. And yeah, they try. They try to play it so you know they don't know what's coming next. What does come next is Macho versus Luger. Yeah, maybe about forty, forty-five minutes. Um. Ways from Lax between one match or the other. Yeah. Um. So, fair enough. What I did notice at this point, though, the crowd were well behind Macho. Um. Every time Luger was getting a fence me early on, they were booing him. Um, yeah. Which so the previous match may have sowed that seed of doubt in the crowd because there certainly wasn't as much booze when he was facing Meng as there was when he was facing Macho.
2: Yeah. yeah this match went five minutes
1: 23 but i don't really remember much that happened the the match itself wasn't that memorable it was it it was an aside to to what the finish was wasn't it um so macho so jimmy hart comes out for some unknown reason and is trying to talk to the referee um uh macho um spins Irish Irish whips Lex into uh, into the ropes. He reverses it, and um, sorry, uh, Macho reverses it and hits Lex into the the ropes, and it knocks Jimmy Hart off the ring ring gate. Um, Then there's the flying elbow for the one, two, three. Um, There wasn't uh, much at all. The the thing was, it was the Jimmy Hart. Why was Jimmy Hart out there? And I think Bobby Heenan actually said he might be trying to discuss the, the referee. The what's the... happened with the giant? Yeah, yeah. So you know, good covering up there. Um, uh, the show again, the giant falling off the roof. Uh, yeah. Now we go into the main event Yeah.
2: See, th- this segment here between this these two matches is where I thought. Bobby was at his best all night.
1: Oh God, yeah, because he, he he went out to find what was going on, didn't he?
2: Yeah, so he yeah. he he stormed off set to go. I'm gonna go and find out what's going on, um, because they uh, uh, not has no one got a cell phone, there's no one got walkie talkies or anything? Yeah. <laughs> just just tell me what's happened. He's he's really concerned for the giant because yeah. he's got that link with Andre the Giant. Um, yeah, I just thought this whole segment here. It was quite long this segment But Yeah Bobby was perfect in this
1: He was he said You don't you don't know how close um, Me and that man's father were To, um, to Shivani it was, He did do it well uh, yeah. To be fair um, uh,
9: Walkie talkie Somebody must have a walkie talkie here So I can get outside
8: Alright What I'm going to okay watch what, what? Uh, we are going to michael buffer is going to be going to the ring here in a minute and we... no
11: no not
9: buffer what's going on outside they have not been told outside okay and how, how long does it take to get outside i'm not gonna sit here you walk out the building and go outside should... you go out back you go outside and see what the hell's going on that's what you do shimani you don't worry about buffer, You don't worry about a bunch of guys in a truck do i have to go
8: that's the best thing that's happened to me all night keep going are crying out loud fans we nothing yet on the giant we have no idea if he's going to show up or not if he is hurt if he's injured if he's in the river he felt five stories like we were nevertheless nevertheless we are set we are, we knew we were going to get to this point where hogan and the giant would go in the ring for the wcw world heavyweight
9: title but we are not sure exactly what's going to transpire when we go to the ring. I can't get outside. There's gotta be five hundred people standing in the doorway. It'd take me two hours to get outside. And this is nineteen ninety-five and we have phones, walkie-talkie, communication. We can talk to astronauts on the moon. We can't find out what's going on fifty feet from this building. Now I need some answers now. Is that a whole lot to ask for, Tony?
8: Would you you know there's an opening for a producer? Would you like to uh, would you like to fill it and go do it? Tony and work in the truck Tony, next you pay don't per know. View?
9: Maybe you don't know something, pal. I'm going to tell you straight right now. You don't know how far back me and his father go. Now, this is very serious to me. Let's
8: go back and take a look at what happened on the roof of Cobo Hall a few moments ago. The battle of Sumo Monster Trucks. And, and what an exciting... I mean, this was truly, as you said, a first in taking WCW Wrestling to a new level. There you see the winner, both axles of the Giants machine pulled out on the outside there you see once again the overhead view from the roof of cobo hall adjacent to here joe lewis arena oh, and then here is where it all broke in let's listen in sometimes tempers and emotions can just get too hot see the giant well he cornered it and right there is the ledge right below is the detroit river
9: and right across, you see the Winter Canada. But he should have thought about getting Hogan in the ring. He should have thought about the championship of the world. He didn't have to go after him on that rooftop.
8: This happened just moments ago again, fans. And here is the most incredible... Now,
9: we do not know the condition. Here's the most incredible... Oh,
8: my God. And Hogan looking down, you can see and...
9: he immediately ran for help yeah he's acting like he has a heart now like he cared threw a man off a roof he don't care he did not throw a man off a roof
8: and that was something that fans as you can take a look below the detroit river i have no idea what is going to happen next but i do know that hulk hogan and the giant are now scheduled to wrestle in our main event at halloween havoc for the wcw
9: world heavyweight title that's what i do know Yeah, but why can't we find out anything? I mean, is it a lot to ask? Do you want me to get on my hands and knees and beg? If you want, I'll do that. I'll get down, I'll talk to the truck. I'll tell them, please, just send us some information. Is is that hard to find out? I'll show you how to get to the building. Take a cab around the building. Walk outside of the building. You'll see Cobo Hall. But could someone please tell us what is going on, please?
8: I can't help you, Brain. I'm just like you are.
9: we both have no sense? you're not like i am you don't care no. yeah nobody you like don't yours. care That's you like can you care less yes i do care well you don't show like you care you keep asking me stupid questions and you're sticking up for the other people that won't tell us something the reason they're not telling us something is because it's bad because it's bad it could be
8: it absolutely could be as soon as we know you will know it and we are we're still waiting i guess uh, there's no giant yet and and i don't know we have what about anybody have a walkie talkie all right, Michael Buffer is ready. Now, go to the right. Hogan
1: comes into the ring looking very sour-faced, without still without his beard, obviously, like I can back that fast, um, mm. with Jimmy Hart, and this is where the madness kind of starts.
2: Yeah, so Hogan, Hogan apologises for what's happened. Um, we're thinking, oh, we're not going to get the match, and then... The giant just appears He just starts walking down the ramp
1: Looking fresh As a fucking daisy Sean. Yeah. Fresh as a daisy um, they, be- could have, they could have Even got him a bit wet
2: To look, <laughs> make it look like He fell in bit, the river
1: Put a bit of seaweed in his hair yes, um, Anything Absolutely it. anything I mean, to be fair, his hair looked phenomenal at this point. And again, I say this is a bald man, so there's the old hair envy thing going on. But he did; he looked phenomenal coming out. Um, the other worst part, I mean, this match, this was terrible. This was this was Hogan and Andre. If you took the good bits out, um, yes. WrestleMania three, um, Hogan for some reason is wearing all black, um, only with. Dolly Parton's sparkly burgundy cowboy boots with a heel. Yeah. yeah. Um, they look completely out of place. Um, I'll let you go through a little bit of it. That's literally all I can describe the whole match as. It was Andre and Hogan WrestleMania three, and the only good bit left in it was the slam. Yeah. You you can see, you can see
2: Hogan is taking control of the match from uh, like leading the match. Because there's definitely... There's points in the match where you can just see him talking to the Giant, telling them yeah. what to do. Um, we get... Yeah, we get a test of strength. Um, he he does slam the Giant at one point, doesn't he? He, he does.
1: Do, it was it was actually much better slam than he, he did did on Andre, but that's down to the Giant. He, he really, yeah. really took it and pushed himself off really well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a long bear hug. So this match went 14 minutes, 14 yeah. and a half minutes, and I think this bear hug was about five minutes.
1: Uh, very similar, very similar to what happened. But the difference was with with Andre. Andre was such a big, he was big man in. in he was tall, but he was also a lot um, a lot thicker than than the giant was, especially at this point. Um, so the bear hugs looked a lot where a lot more, and Hogan sold so well against Andre. This was this was just looked again the drizzling yeah. shit. Um, yeah. Uh, and as uh, you know, as as he's Hogan's done the slam and they sort of move into the finish. Um, yeah. Jim Jimmy Hart is on. He's holding the world title belt, and he's on the apron. And as as Hogan goes to pin the giant, he, he wraps the the belt Around the referee's head. Um yeah. and Hogan's like, What's happened? Because he didn't see it yeah. And then what happens after that is basically the biggest clusterfuck in the history of clusterfucks. <laughs> it's So this they're calling him the
2: Yeti, but he looks like a fucking mummy.
1: Yes, yeah.
2: And yeti is a yeti. Like, yeah, it's like an abominable snowman. He should be big abominable. and furry and not wrapped up in toilet paper.
1: Let's have it right. The he just never mind, he should have been this. He just should never have been a gimmick. No. Uh, whatever, whatever. But he's he goes on, I think he becomes Reese and Raven's Flock um later on. Yeah. And he sort of, you know, He's certainly a better character than than, than this, uh, but he does. He walks out like a zombie, yeah. Um, yeah, and so then, he 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 doesn't even know what he is. Is he is he a zombie? Is he a mummy? Is he a yeti? Maybe
2: all
1: three. Okay, we're going maybe with that. All three. But as as so as this happens, he, he get he Hogan gets put back into the uh a, the giant bear hugs him, and Kevin Sullivan's dropping him. Um yeah. And then the the
2: this, my, this this is where
1: the Yeti comes out. Yeah. And basically, Gets he fucked. He track He starts <laughs> bombing Hulk as Hogan is the meat between the sandwich that is the Giants and the Yeti. As as Hogan's getting double penetrated, um, Luger and and. and I mean, he was even thrusting his hips at one point into, into <laughs> Hogan. Um, so, at at this point, Luger and Savage come out to help Hogan. And another great turn here. I've got to give Lexus Jim. Lex turns on Star- Savage, and the Yeti starts bumming Hulk Hogan again um, yeah. for the so and, and
2: then you you see Luger go up to him and telling him to stop because it looks fucking stupid.
1: <laughs> I didn't. I mixed mixed that actually. <laughs> They're,
2: like yeah, they start start the bear hug again, and Luger just casually walks up to the Yeti, and then they stop. Yeah, because it it's clear luga has gone. Just quit that now. It's it. it's
1: enough's, it, enough's enough, lad. Um, and then Lex puts uh Hogan in a torture rack. Give Lex his due. He made that torture rack. Look like a finishing move. It's a very hard one to do, and obviously you've got to have great upper body strength, which he had. But yeah. holding up in that, it looks legitimately painful. Um, so the giant wins by DQ because Jimmy Harz had knocked out the referee with the belt. Yeah,
2: um,
1: but we get to,
2: but we get told that Luke that the giant isn't the new new the, the new champion because you can't win by a DQ.
1: Takes the belt anyway.
2: Yes. In classic WCW, the belt just gets stolen.
1: and um, Yeah, and and as this new Dungeon of Doom, Jimmy Hart, Lex Luger faction sort of comes together. um, What I did like at the end was goes back to Bobby Heenan, and this was my I don't know about you, but it was my favourite Bobby Heenan moment of the night. Bobby Heenan, as Hogan and Savage are down in the ring, stands up and he's clapping
2: yeah,
1: and he's as Hogan and Savage are lying there, and he says to uh, Shivani, "It's great. It just couldn't have happened to two nicer people." <laughs> 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 and I thought that was great with his long ongoing feud with Hogan. Yeah. Um, so and that sort of wraps wraps us up. Um, I'll be honest with you, because of the issues, we me and you have basically watched this twice. Yeah, it was it was a tough one to look through, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it, um...
2: it was. And uh, at no point. So I think the first time I watched it, I think I got to the Sabu match, and then I went to work, and I I, I left it for about a week. I was like, I I, I'm struggling already.
1: So if you had to give this an A to F as the show on a whole in, in terms of the grade what would you give it because i'm going to be honest i'm looking at an e there was certainly some decent parts and there was certainly some not so bad matches but those matches were the for me they, they weren't the the, the the it was the Regalum and benoit and um the blue bloods and
2: yeah Malenko, which which wasn't, which wasn't even on the pay-per-view it,
1: it wasn't advertised it wasn't on the pay-per-view it was on the, the pre-show that was that was decent um and the other one, Jerry Lynn Sabu, was yeah. alright, but it was shit all over by the crowd. Um, and it's absolutely... Um, when we look at uh, pay-per-views nowadays, and even going into the, the Attitude era, the amount of short matches that were on this, just the main card, the pay-per-view as a whole, yeah, um, it, it, it certainly needs tinkering with. But I will quite honestly say I will never watch the show again.
2: Yeah, it's... I I agree with you that the two best matches for the night were the Blue Bloods versus Malenko and Benoit on the pre-show, and then Sabu versus Mister J L. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend anyone to watch it. Not 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 even for the for the sumo match for like a spectacle. Just just ignore it. Don't worry about it. Skip it.
1: Yeah, I think. It was, there was certain aspects which were fun and made me laugh and were quite funny. Um but that wasn't it no. wasn't meant to be funny. Um, it's
2: it's definitely it's, it's definitely a lot worse than than Full Brawl.
1: Yeah, it was. It was Full Brawl had it added its moments. Yeah. Um now the the next um the, the next actual pay per view um is in um Norfolk, Virginia and it's World War Three. We discussed it Quite briefly um, 60 men, 3 rings and 3 giants 1 battle royal um, yeah. We're go- definitely going to be Looking at that um, at some point soon yep. May that be our next episode Or is there a clash of champions In the middle of this
2: uh, I No I don't think There is a clash no.
1: don't think there is a clash
2: um, and From the top of my head I don't think there is any major no no right.
1: it was um the yeah no that, that that's it there's I, I've had a little look at the nitros and there the was a world championship match two weeks from now um but from this point but we, we'll see we'll have a little discussion we'll come back, but we will definitely one way or another be doing world war three very soon,
2: yep yeah. yeah, so yeah so we've got we've got that f-
1: from the next episodes um and yeah we've got um and we're basically we're, we're building our way up to Starcade here, aren't we? we? Yeah, we've gone through, and Starcade was always around Christmas time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, as I say, not an enjoyable pay per view for me, but it was, you know, it was good to look at at a, at a later date. And I am really looking forward to the card and rewatching World War Three um, because, off the top of my head, uh, I can remember a really um, decent women's match which was given a little bit of time as well. Um, which at that time was just You know um, Not really Not really given especially on pay-per-views yeah. Um, So yeah there's a couple of good, good matches To look forward to there definitely um, Thank you very much for joining us um, From me and from Sean Thank you very much Please rate our uh, Podcasts, please subscribe Please do all the good things That people do, Um really appreciate it Share the word and share the wealth from me and Sean, good night. Thank you very much.
12: I was working in the lab but late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did. and the yeti, he did the monster man, and the yeti, it was a graveyard, smoke. and the yeti, it got on in a flag, and the yeti, he did the monster man wow. from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom and the vampire's peace. Wow. Wow. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get her. From my electrode. And the yeti! They did the monster man. And the yeti! It was a graveyard. Smoke. And the yeti! It caught on in a flag. And the yeti! They did the monster man. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolf, in Dracula, and. In is sick. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard then smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on and all flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash. Monster mash. You mash, monster mash.